0: And in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. the
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. How is everybody doing? This is Brother Frank, and I'm here for another episode of the Remnant Call. And just glad that everybody could be here with me this evening. And I'll tell you what. Sometimes the devil just does not want you to come on the radio because it seems like lately I've had more problems on a Thursday evening. Any other time I go to dial in, it seems to be fine. But uh, for some reason, I get issues and uh, I can't make connection. Busy signal when trying to dial in. Uh, But Thank the Lord we got in finally, and so I am here and excited. Um, Folks, we, uh, there's been a lot of emails people have gotten, and listen, if I have not gotten back to you yet, that does not mean I don't care, Uh, folks, uh, not at all. Uh, I do care, and I just sometimes have gotten a little overwhelmed with work and everything lately and life uh, that it may take me a few days to get back, but I will respond back to you. Uh, if you've asked for prayer requests, folks, I will pray. That is for sure. Uh, I believe in the power of prayer and I care about people and know that God is in the business of deliverance right now. He's looking for a people that will pray, and so he has called each one of us to pray but tonight you if you've seen the episode, if you've seen um, if you've seen what I had on the picture, the titles called "Lost Believers." Um, you know so many people. You know, it may be you that I'm talking to right now. It may be somebody that you know, but so many people feel completely lost and overwhelmed right now. You hear all the warnings. You see the danger. You feel like you're awake, but at the same time, you feel so lost. Some people uh, that know the times couldn't feel farther away from God than they do right now. So tonight's message, folks, it's not about... Um, trying to, you know, warn you about what's going on. You know, if you don't know what's going on right now, uh, then please just go back and listen to the archives if you are a brand new believer. But if you're an actual follower of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Hamashik, if you are a follower of him and you're not aware of the times that we live in, well, I don't know what to do. Because I have tried, other guests have tried to warn you of what is coming on this earth And if you, you got to get into the Word of God And we're going to talk about it tonight Because I believe there are two really big reasons why so many believers feel lost right now I, And I'm just going to tell them to you up front The first one I believe is because we are not reading the Word of God anymore We are listening to programs only. We are hearing our information by short blurbs here and there, by reading on the internet. Maybe you go to church once a week and you get a quick sermon from the pastor. Maybe hear something on the radio here and there. But there's no real study of the Word of God. And we're going to talk about that. But the second one is, there's a lack of the indwelling of the Spirit of the living God. And it's not because God doesn't want to fill his people up with his spirit. That's not the problem. We're going to dive into that. That's going to be the second part of this message. So you do not want to miss the end part because there is so much hope and so much exciting things coming at the end of this message. For those that are feeling like they are lost, you need to stay tuned with me because we're going to go a place that I believe if you allow, the Lord can touch you and change your walk with God. So hang on here with me. Let's open for a word of prayer. And I just want to uh, before we pray, I just want to say thanks to all those men and women out there that are sharing this good news, that are, that are watchmen in this hour, that are crying out, that are unashamedly saying, you know what? The Lord is coming, he, and he's asking for his people to get right with him, put the sin away, put the stuff away that's distracting, and get right with your God. Turn off the distraction of Babylon and get back to primitive godliness. You know the church today does not even resemble. And it, it, could you imagine if the apostles are, were on the earth right now looking at the modern day church? They'd be like, "What is this? A circus?" Kind of resembles that. You know what I'm talking about. Many of you've been into it. Those church services they they are a circus. You know why? Because they're there to entertain. Instead of sharing the truth of what's going on in the world. You want to give a person a blessing, blessing, share with them the truth about what's going on in this world. And that Jesus Christ can step in and intercede and change a man or a woman's life. Change them from what they were into a new creation. That will give somebody hope. But just simply going there and tickling people's ears and giving them messages that they want to hear and talking about all the blessings of the monies that you people are getting from all over the place, you know, that is not the blessing of God. But you know, it's interesting to me that many of us like to talk about the Word. Many of us like to get into good conversations, even debates about the Word of God, some do. I'm, I don't like to argue, though, myself personally. And, and I'll tell you right now, if you ever meet me somewhere and we ever get to talk, I'm a passionate person. I am very passionate, and I get extremely excited when we talk about the Word of God because I love it. It's exciting. You ask friends if you ever meet my friends. They'll tell you when I find out something exciting, I can't wait to share. Hey, man, did you see what that said in the Word of God? I get fired up and excited. But sometimes that passion can, it, it can turn into opposing views. And you know when you get those opposing views, right, in the conversation, they, you know, everybody knows that they are absolutely, positively, just 100% right. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? And then you, we get so positive about the truth, we begin to quote things sometimes and say things uh, that the Bible says because we, we're absolutely sure we are right. And then when it all, it's, it's real fiery, you know, and we get home and we, and we were like, yeah, you know, I, sh- I shared, I broke it down. And then sometimes we, we, we start to re-question, well, maybe I better go check that out in the Word, right? And you look it back up again and, and you look at those proof texts that you were just sharing out of your amazing knowledge uh, to your friends or to whoever you were debating with. And, and you find out that you actually were wrong in what you said. And, 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 and so what happens is sometimes is we get so into it and we're so concerned about winning an argument, we misquote the Word of God because of our lack of knowledge in it in order to win the debate instead of just stopping and not going past where you do not know. See, if we would get more into the Word, then we wouldn't, first of all, feel this need to argue and debate all the time. Because God never – he, matter of fact, he, he, when he, God's talking about – when Jesus was talking about the power of fasting, because pa- fasting is powerful. And anybody that's ever fasted knows that one of the benefits of fasting is a clear mind. You get sharp when you fast. But he said you fast for strife and debate. Because if you knew the trick that you could fast before you got into a debate, you knew your mind would be clear. And so many people, you know, they fast so they could prove their way, you know, and show how right they are. But unfortunately in the church today, we have a lot of people that like to listen and hear things on radio shows or on other things like that. And then we like to go back and try to quote them, but we actually have no foundation in the Word of God. We've actually just simply heard something. We then regurgitate it, and we never actually proved what we just heard. You see, I can go and talk a lot about quantum physics because I'm fascinated by quantum physics. And I understand a little bit about it. But if you were to give me a test on quantum physics, well, I would completely fail. See, I've only listened to it a little bit, but I've never truly studied and understood it to the depth I would need to be a quantum physicist. That stuff gets above my head. I think it's fascinating, but I'm not qualified to be a quantum physicist. I've never studied that enough. I've only heard and listened and been fascinated. See, uh, could, which one of you ever you know, in school would, would, would go and take an algebra test and, and then think to yourselves, oh, hey, you know what? Hey, I heard the teacher talk about algebra a little bit. you know, I don't need to study. Well, I've got news for you. You would absolutely fail that test. I mean you might be thinking that's so silly. And if it is so silly, then why are so many people that come to church today or call themselves believers and listen to sermons and then sit and tell everybody how much they know about the Bible and share their opinions about the Word of God with others, but yet they never go home and study? You see, many people in here, in this radio program even listening, they understand and they've heard their doctrines in their church but they've never took time to study and prove them out. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the message I'm about to share will go deeply into believers' hearts. I pray for those that are suffering right now, Lord, those that are struggling right now, those that have been sick right now, I pray for Brother Marty, who, uh, breeding, Lord, uh, I talked to him again today, and, and he's, he's maintaining, but this sickness has been horrible, and, and Lord, we saw what happened even with Brother Benjamin, the, the flus are getting worse, the devil's on attack, and, and, and Lord, I'm just praying in the name of Jesus that you'll bring your healing power around Marty and, and around those that are suffering right now. I pray, Lord, tonight that by the end of this show, that people have confidence That no matter what they've been doing, there can be a new day starting right now. Because I ask it in a powerful name. The name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Savior of the world. I ask it in His name, Lord. Amen. So you see, many of us know the doctrines we were taught growing up. Or maybe the things they've heard. But when you don't prove them in the Word of God... You are simply standing on another man's testimony. See, what if you're wrong? What if the programs you've been listening to are teaching you wrong? What if what I'm sharing with you tonight is wrong? How are you going to know if you do not prove it out in the Word of God? You cannot only just sit there and live your life based on an experience. It has to be grounded in truth. Because when you are grounded, then all experiences will relate back to that foundational truth by which you are grounded on. And if it doesn't relate back to that, then it's probably not from God. Actually, it's not from God. Because God does not do things that do not set the foundation upon his word. That is his testimony. That's who he is. He is the word, and he does things by his word. So I want to just share with you a little scripture. I love this scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5:21. This is what it says. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. You see the God is very very intentional to us as believers that we are to listen and hear and prove other things. We are we don't just shut our minds down and only believe what we think is right. We're to actually give a fair share, but then we got to go and actually prove it out. See, why am I sharing this with you right now? Why am I talking about we needing to study about tests before we take them? Because if you don't study for the test, you will not pass. See, you might be saying, "Well, wait, but Brother Frank, are you, are you talking about salvation now? I mean, aren't we saved by faith? Well, yes, we are saved by faith. But how do you know what faith is if you don't read and understand it in the Word? How can you know about faith if you do not know about the one who gives faith? How can you understand the plan of salvation if you don't read it in the Word? You know, there are, there are rare situations, don't get me wrong, where there's not the word. Somebody just gives a testimony. I understand that. But you have, in the United States of America, we have access to the very word of God. We don't have an excuse to say, well, Lord, I just didn't know. I, I, I didn't realize that was wrong. I mean, I, well, you know, there's a Bible at every single turn, every single thrift. Folks, you can go get a Bible for nothing, almost anywhere. People throw them away. They're, in, they're all over. We have no excuse. We must know the Word of God. I want to share with you a little bit out of Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verse 1, it says, Now when they had passed through excuse me, Amphilopolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where Where was the synagogue of the Jews? And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three days reasoned with them out scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the doubt Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few, but the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows and uh, and of the base sort and gathered company and set all the city in an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. You see, do you see what Paul did? He said he went in to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he went to reason with the people, but he didn't reason with them out of his flesh. The Bible said he reasoned with them from the word of God. And he, and, he, and he persuaded them by sharing the truths from the scriptures. And, and by sharing that, then there was the proof right in front of their face. And many did believe. Now, yes, there were those who were in the faith who had been long-term. They were Jews. They knew everything, right? They, they had it all together. They chose not to believe. Because when you get set in your ways, many times your mind becomes very narrow. Because you think you know the truth, and we begin to be unwilling to look at the very word of God anymore. But he was doing, he was taking it to them out of the scripture. In verse 6, it says, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying that they have turned the world upside down, are come hitherto, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, that there is another king, one Jesus, and they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things, and when they had... Taken uh, security of Jason and the others, they let them go. And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas by night unto Berea. Who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. So here they were upset, you know, and they started to make all kinds of lies up. These guys are—they turned the world upside down, which they actually had turned the world upside down by the gospel of Jesus. They—they're doing all these things which are contrary. They were making up all kinds of lies about them. And see, many people don't understand that when they come to be a believer and all of a sudden they find out that they're being persecuted and people are coming against them, they get offended very quickly because they never read in the Word of God where Jesus talked about if they hated you, you know that they hated him first. And through much uh, tribulation, so you enter into the kingdom of heaven, and by suffering, even Christ learned obedience. See, it's all these things we understand that there's a fiery trial which shall try us, so we don't get offended when something happens. But when you don't study the word of God and someone brings you and just says, hey, you know, try this Jesus thing out. It'll just improve your life and you'll just feel so, so happy and joyous because Jesus will just make you feel so wonderful. And as soon as that persecution hits, boom, they're out of there. So when it all, you know, came down and they got out there, the Bible said that Paul and Silas went by night unto Berea, uh, who coming thither went to the synagogues of Jews, picking up in verse 11. These, talking about those in Berea, were more noble than those in Thessalonica. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind, just just like we we were just up there earlier and and talking about what was going on before there in Thessalonica, we were just up there early and and they were receiving it. But here he gets to the people, Bria, and he adds a little caveat onto there. He says these were more noble because not only did they receive it with the readiness of mind. It says, and search the scripture daily, whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed also the honorable women, which were the Greeks and of men, not a few. So here he goes to Berea where there's also believers. But Paul says these are more honorable. Or Luke says in the book of Acts and Paul actually Paul says that they're more honorable because they actually read read the word of god to prove what they were hearing is true you see folks there's so many different words going on right now and i I know it seems like i harp on this so often but but uh, folks you've got to be careful of what you're listening to out there on the internet Yes, there are godly people. There are there are godly things that are being said. There are genuine, true watchmen that are out there. But there are so many false words that are going on at the same time. Listen, folks, not everybody has all the truth. I don't have all the truth. You don't have all the truth. Okay, we don't all have all the truth. Nobody does. And there are those that have some good truth, but there's also those with some truth that have some errors. And the, that's why we got to go back and just prove all things, and then hold fast that which is good just because someone might be off a little bit on a teaching doesn't mean they're necessarily a bad person now we don't all have all the truth but if we're not studying the word of god and you're not proving it then how do you even know how do you know when you make your facebook posts and you say silly stuff and people are looking at it saying where did you get that from it's not even in the word of god We've got to make sure that we know and understand that what we say. Listen, folks, I have a lot of people, you know, come on the show and good friends. And that doesn't mean I agree with everything they say by any means. But that doesn't mean I think they're also bad people when we disagree. But there are those out there who intentionally are doing harm to the body. You know, the devil has his disciples, too. The devil has his apostles, too. And we got to be careful. Now, we've got to be very careful of men who are so-called watchmen or women out there that are claiming to have this great revelation of the Word of God, yet you can find no evidence in the actual Word of God. You need to run from that. But if we don't study, how are we going to pass the test? See, we're living in such a great hour of deception and and desperation in this world, and we see what's going on, and and there's always a new way for everything out there. Everybody's got a new something that's going on. We're just supposed to to be accepting of anything anybody tells us at any time, and, and everyone out there, but that's not what the Bible says. See, many churches today, and I know a lot of people on here think differently, but there are many people today that say, you know, we just need to accept and love everybody. And, and folks, I'm not talking – of course we love people. We love even our enemies. But there's such a deception out there that's going on, and Paul deals with this in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, starting in verse 9. He says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Paul said, quit fooling yourself, okay? Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves, nor mankind with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Paul says, quit being deceived, folks. These people aren't going into the kingdom. Don't fool yourself. You can't live like that. God does not accept that. I'm not talking about we don't mess up and sin. This is open rebellion and calling it okay. Paul said that's the way you used to be. That's not you anymore. It's not that God is mean. He's given us the instruction manual and clearly lays out a plan on how we can tap into his power by allowing the spirit of the living God to work freely in our lives. You see, so many people today believe that their education makes them smarter than others. Have you ever been around that person who just stinks of academia, their academic arrogance? They look down on you because they're just so smart. But then I understand, I read the Word of God. That, you know, it's interesting. It's not how much knowledge you have in this world that makes you intelligent in God's eyes. No, not at all. Psalm 119 says something very different. This is what makes us smart in God's eyes. Verse 98. Thou through, Though through thy commandments... Hast made me wiser. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep the word of God. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words! unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You see, God sees those who cherish his word, who his testimonies are what they meditate on, who following his commandments, they enjoy. See, I know some people, We oh, yeah, do I have to keep the command. Uh, folks, if you don't keep God's commandment, how in the world will you ever know if you've sinned? Forget about salvation. I'm not talking about that. You think you can go out and just kill people? Well, we don't have to keep the commandments. That's Old Testament. Who, Who lied and told you that? The Bible says that sin is the transgression of the law. We're not talking. You're not under the law because God has set us free from the penalty. But if you think that you can go and sin against God's commands, well, that's just crazy talk. The, the commands are still, you can't go out and fornicate right Is that okay? I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about thinking that it's okay to live a life full of sin. It's not. It's not. But because so many people don't actually read the Word, and they just simply take what someone has told them, they end up feeling lost, far away from God, and wondering what's going on in life. When if they read the Word of God, they would know just how much He has been fighting and doing everything He can to keep them close to Him. You see, if you look at what's going on in the world today, almost everything, you know, most of the things that are going on today when it comes to financial stuff and, and maneuvers by countries, uh, they are for power. And 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 they are you know to get more possessions, more land, maybe more oil because you know everything in this world runs on oil today. I mean, just about everything, all of our machinery, all this stuff. And and we see here today. I, I don't know if you've if you've seen. I mean, everybody's loving the gas prices right now. But in the United States, we have what's called a strategic oil reserve. Because in case the supply lines get cut off, in case we have another crisis in the Middle East, you know, we never know what could happen. One nuclear bomb could completely you know, change our oil supply forever. And so here, here we have a, a strategic oil supply. But the last time I che- – even back in 2009, they said they only had 39 days, and I think that's about average worth of oil to run on. So if we were to actually have a crisis right now… We would actually run out of oil in no time flat. I mean, everything we need this day and age is dependent upon oil to run right now, from our vehicles to our, our, our electrical plants, uh, you know, whether it's coal, gas, oil, all that stuff is needed to run on. And oil is such a stable, everything we need. See, the problem we're running into in the church. In the body of believers is one of the same problems that we struggle with in the world all the time, and that is the oil supply. You see, we talked about just, you know, here about reading the Word of God, but I mentioned to you also… That God gave us this instruction manual so we could read out his plan of salvation and understand about the spirit of the living God and how the spirit of God can live freely. And we know that in the, in the word of God that oil represents the spirit of God. And so the same oil crisis that we deal with constantly in the world is the exact crisis that we are dealing with in the church We have such a shortened supply built in our strategic reserves. I'll give you an example. You go to church, feel a great movement of God. Maybe you go up front, have a word, you know, the pastor lays some hands on you. You know, it's a powerful word. You're excited. You feel this great thing. And then the next, that evening, the next day, boom, you're right back in the same bondage that you were in right before you went into that church. When you don't have a depth of oil running in your life, you will run out so quickly. It won't take but one or two, maybe just moments of confrontation or just a bad thing happen at work to set you off and to send you back to that light that you were in and just repenting for right before you went up to the altar at church that day. See, there are so many people that are struggling. You want free, you want to live holy. you want to do the right things. you've listened to everything that's gone out there. you understand the- the times that are out there, but it you feel like you just cannot seem to ever have any breakthrough. like nothing ever seems to get set free. You constantly are dragging this one foot in the ground, and you never feel like God is even present in your life. I know, folks, I get emails about this, and it is a fact that people are struggling right now. The same crisis of oil in the world is the same crisis that's going on in the church. We're dependent on it, but we're dependent on it, not like the world, but the oil of the Spirit of the living God. If we don't have it, We will not be able to sustain a relationship. You know, I want to share a story with you. It's in 2 Kings chapter 4. It's one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. And folks, if you can understand the depths of this story, it's just seven verses. I guarantee you. It'll change your life. Not because of me, but because of what's in the Word of God. Second Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And I'm going to read through it down through verse 7. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant my husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, And shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children on the rest. Folks, this story I just shared with you not only includes the entire plan of salvation, but has the exact instructions for what us as believers need to do in these last days. You see, here's a woman. She's she's got children, right? That they, her husband, they were in debt, and so the creditors come to take her children. She's got a debt that she cannot pay, just like we've got a debt that we cannot pay. But instead of instead of God requiring of us our children, like the creditors were doing here to this lady on earth, to take their children, no, God instead pays our debt with his own son. See, she, the creditor deserved her sons to be paid because her husband owed a debt. And that was probably the right thing back then to do, even though it sounded harsh. That's what happened. But God, even though we deserved debt, he sent his own son to pay the price so we and our children wouldn't have to. So Elisha does what we, sh- this woman does what we should do. When it, The first thing she does in this situation, the Bible said that she, she goes to Elisha. And see, Elisha is God's prophet. He's his representative here on earth. And it's, it's sim- kind of symbolic of what we do. We go to God. She went to Elisha, his servant. We, we run to the Lord just like, just like she ran to Elisha. And so, so Elisha's like, what do you want me to do? You see, that's what God's always, how can, that's, that's our heavenly father. He like, how can I help? What do I do? And she says, well, he says, well, what do you got in your house? And she said, well, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save up just a, a pot of oil. You see that? Her house was empty. There wasn't anything in it, except just a, a little pot of oil. You see, the Bible says every man has a measure of faith. There's always a little tiny bit of oil. That's why everybody's – that's why you've got hope because there's always a little pot of oil around, a little measure of faith. And so here this woman, she's got a little – but her house is empty. And so he says, listen, this is what I want you to do. Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. So Elisha says, listen, I want you to go out and, and find as many empty pots as you can. Not not just one or two, not a few. Go find as many as you can. And when, when you find them, I want you to go into your house, right? And I want you to shut the door upon you and your children, and then you're gonna, I want you to pour out that oil into the vessels, and then just keep setting aside when they're full. So she goes out, and she does. She gets as many empty vessels. See, that's what God's calling us to do, to reach and find the lost to find the empty vessels see elisha was beginning to show her the cure to her problem and it started with also looking for empty vessels you see folks when we are believers and we're not reaching out to the lost and we're just sitting there you know soaking up what's coming in in church and and getting a good word from the internet but we're not reaching the lost we got a real problem. And she's always like, go find these empty vessels. And then when when you get home, I want you to go in, and I want you to shut the door. And when you shut the door, I want you to begin to pour out. You see, the key for her to getting the oil to begin to flow out into the other empty pots was to get in her home and shut the door. You see, the Bible talks about, you know, about seeking the Lord, about going in, shutting, you know, get into your closet, you shut thy door on you, and that what you do in secret, the Lord shall reward you openly, you know? So so God's saying right here the same thing he said in the New Testament. Listen, well, you need to get along with the Lord first. You got to get back in your prayer closet. You need to get alone with God. And when you get alone with God, shut that door, turn the world off. That is when the oil is going to flow. But you can't just let it flow without doing anything. He says, grab the empty vessels and start pouring into them. You got to begin to pour that oil out and pour it into other people. Folks, you can't share the gift. You can't keep the gift hidden. You've got to share it with others. If you don't share with other people, then you're going to sit there and just be a dry desert, a lost believer, someone who claims to know who the Lord is but feels completely lost. And God's saying, get alone with me. Spend time with me. And then I want you to begin to pour out into other people. And when you begin to pour out into other people, the oil will start flowing not only into your lives, but it will flow into others' lives because they need to know who the Lord is too. If you want to get healing, if you want to get right with God, if you want to start seeing the oil flow, you've got to be get alone with God, and then you've got to share the good news with others. You cannot stay hidden in your walk with God and complain about everything that you don't like and not share with the lost. That's just simply not an option. So this woman did it. She began the healing process. And so when she, the Bible says that she, she when she finally, you know, um, it said that it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said unto her sons, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. See, we are to be sharing. The oil is supposed to flow all the way to the end once it's, oh, this is a process that is to happen until the second coming of our Lord and Savior. This is a process that continues to take place because the oil didn't stop until the vessels were all Filled. but see what happens is many people start out in their belief and their walk with the lord and savior they start out as believers and they're sharing the good news and things are going good but then all of a sudden something happens and what we realize is that they stopped reaching for the empty vessels see you can stop it prematurely in your life you can stop the oil from flowing when you stop reaching out to other people when you don't share the gospel of Jesus Christ, with a dying world, you wonder why your life is so dry. It's because there's nowhere for you to pour out any oil. And most likely, you've not been spending time alone with God to keep that supply coming. See, the Lord is about pouring in and then you pouring out. You are to share the gift that God has given you with others. But if you're not going to share it, then don't be surprised when you feel like you cannot find that breakthrough that you're looking for. Listen, folks, it's so simple. Quit always trying to say, God, how come I don't do that? Do... Listen, just get alone with the Lord. Start praying. Start worshiping him. Start blessing his holy name. Start saying thank you. Start asking him what he would like you to do instead of you always telling him what to do. Begin to spend time with him because of who he is and not what you can get. And when you do that and you begin to listen to what God says, your life will change. God wants to make a difference, but you cannot live an autonomous life you cannot live your life in a cocoon and not ever share with anybody. God is about saving souls. But then he continues on. So she took the oil back to the prophet. It says then in verse 7, she came and told the man of God, and he said, in the oil saying, then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. See, this is what happened. The scholars believe that she had enough oil not only to pay her debt, but there was enough to live on actually the whole entire rest of her life. See, not only was Jesus' price that he paid for the debt that you owed good enough to cleanse and to forgive, but it was enough for you to live on for the rest of your life. It was good enough to pay it once and for all that it would be complete and final. But along the way, we cannot stop getting along with God and sharing the good news, or we will dry up like a fig on a hot summer day. God wants us to share the good news with others. The same problem that so many countries deal with in this world, with finding oil to keep things running on, is the same exact problem. That we deal with as believers today in the churches. God is calling us to a life filled with victory and holiness so that we are not only aware of where we are going, but we are filled with the Spirit of God and we will not live in fear any longer. My question is to you Are you partaking? in his oil now? Or are you just a lost believer trying to find your way through this world, completely separated feeling from God? It doesn't have to be like that anymore. The Lord is there, tension. And you're not going to be able to hear him very well if you don't get alone with him. See, the Bible, the Bible talks about the cost that Jesus paid to lay down his life for us. It says he bought us with blood. He cared about us so much that he gave his blood for your redemption. And, and the folks, laying down his life for you so that you could be filled to the top with what the Bible calls the oil of gladness, the spirit of the living God, the joy of the world. Are you partaking in that, believer? God has created this oil reserve that is so absolutely huge that you cannot find the bottom of it, the Word. You've got to know the Word of God. And see, when you see those directions, and then we follow what God says, oh, man. Folks, listen, this is not Frank Sinatra, you know, I did it my way. Oh, that's what got you in trouble is doing it your way. God wants you to do it his way because he knows what's best for you. You know, I love this story. I think I shared it a long time ago on this show. But I just love the story story of, of Charles Finney in Utica, New York. It says, while living in Utica, Charles Finney had been invited to preach in a local schoolhouse. Upon noticing the effect had on some of the young people that worked at a local cotton factory, Mr. Finney decided to visit the factory. The next morning after breakfast, Mr. Finney said, he went into the factory to to look through it. As I went through, I observed there was a good deal of agitation among those who were busy at their looms and their mules and other implements of work. On passing through one of the apartments, there were a great number of young women were attending to their weaving. I observed a couple of them eyeing me and speaking very earnestly to each other and I could see that they were a good deal agitated, although they both laughed. I went slowly towards them. They saw me coming and were evidently much excited. One of them was trying to mend a broken thread, and I observed that her hand trembled so that she could not mend it. I approached slowly, looking on each side at the machinery as I passed, but observed that this girl grew more and more agitated and could not proceed with her work. When I came within eight or ten feet of her, I looked solemnly at her. She observed it and was quite overcome and sunk down and burst into tears. The impression caught almost like powder, and in a few minutes nearly all the room were in tears. This feeling spread through the whole factory. Mr. W., the owner of the establishment, was present, and seeing the state of things, he said to the superintendent, stop the mill and let the people attend to religion. For it is more important that our souls should be saved than this factory run. The gate was immediately shut down. The factory stopped. But where should we assemble, they said. The superintendent suggested that the mule room was large and that the mules being run up, we could assemble there. We did so in more powerful meeting I scarcely ever attended. It was... It went on with great power. The building was large and had many people in it from the garret to the cellar. The revival went through the mill with astonishing power. And the course of a few days, nearly all the mill were hopefully converted. Charles Finney had tapped the oil reserves of God. This man was so filled with the spirit of the living God that his very presence would cause people to repent. I'm so convicted, folks. That if we do not seek this filling of God's Spirit, we will not make it. It's not that there's anything we can do. But I'm talking about the times that are coming on are very fearful. And God wants us to be in peace. And if we do not seek Him peace, we will be offended and we will be overcome. And the Bible never, ever speaks of God wanting his people to live with like that. The tiny bit of oil we carry in our lamps is not sufficient to sustain us. We must be emptied first so God can fill our vessels until they overflow and spill into others. But the only way you can get filled is if you will get alone with God. We have to build or rebuild our prayer closets if we want a quality response from god we have to spend quality time with him and i'll tell you when you start spending quality time with god he will begin to pour that oil of the holy spirit out and begin to change your life but this gift is it's too amazing to keep to yourselves you must and i repeat you must share it because if you don't share it the oil will stop flowing The Bible says, come and let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. God is calling us to get back into his word back into our prayer closets and to let the oil of that spirit flow through us freely and share the good news that jesus is coming soon yes folks there is yes there is fearful things coming but that's not for us that's for the world because when you share with it doesn't matter if a nuclear warhead is heading this way if you got jesus it's going to be okay if you've got the Lord in your life, it's going to be okay. God's got this under control. Nothing that's going to happen is going to take you by surprise. He wants you to be at peace as we move into these hours of earth's history. You know, I don't, things could go crazy at any moment. The day and age we live in is so volatile and evil is so prevalent. But God is calling you to peace. And he's calling you to be a witness. And even if you are too old to witness, even if you can't get out, then you can pray. And you can pray. And I'm telling you what, you can pray the very gates of hell open. Because the gates of hell cannot stop the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Hamashiach. And his body of believers, the remnant, are going to take back that which belongs to the Lord. Not by their strength, but by his, because they are not alive unto themselves. No, no, no. They are filled with the Spirit of the living God, and they are now living to their Savior fully. I want to encourage you tonight. Get in the Word. Get in your closet. And watch your life change as you share the good news don't wait till you're perfect don't wait till you got it all together before you begin to share folks you'll never hit that point it's we do it all we get alone we get in the word we get alone and we start sharing you do not wait until you are perfect before you share you will never make it sharing is a part of the healing process You don't have to know every single thing. Listen, it's a process in studying the Word of God. You don't have to know everything, but you do know that Jesus laid his life down to save a dying world. You can share that with somebody. You can share that with somebody. I encourage you to do it. It'll change your life and the life of those around you. This is Brother Frank with the Remnant Call. Saying to everybody, keep fighting. The Lord is coming soon. And he promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Good night and shalom.